Good morning. Welcome to First Cup 633, the podcast that will take us on a journey to start the day with Jesus and make him first priority in every aspect of our lives. Matthew 633 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I'm Elder Shayla Payne. Grab yourself a cup of whatever your favorite morning beverage is and let's get started. So today I thought we would just go right in and pull our chairs up and pull our cups in and drink from a very familiar passage of scripture in 1 John 4. Today is Valentine's Day and I would just like to say happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you. I pray that the love of God would abound richly in all of your lives. Um, 1 John 4 and 7 it says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Have you ever heard someone say, if you loved me, then, right? Then what? You know, then you would do such and such. Or if you loved me, then you would, you wouldn't do this. Or if you loved me, you know, there's always that proverbial um, fill in the blank there. If we're honest, most of our humanly love comes and goes with some type of if-then boundary, right? Um, But this chapter has so much to teach us about the love God has for us and the love God wants us to extend. John's tone in the opening um, is one of warning. It's one of caution against false teachers and false spirits. He challenges us to not believe everything we hear and to test everything we are tempted to believe. Good ancient advice we would be wise to apply, right? Especially today in the times that we are living even now. Um, But then John transitions into a teaching that is an anchor for our faith. He reminds us we are children of God and have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to help us overcome the things that keep us from God. Um, But this power that John speaks of is wrapped in one word. It's wrapped in love. There are multiple meanings and versions for the word love. Um, It is used throughout scripture. um, But this form of the word love that John is using is the strongest version there is. It means agape. And agape love is an unconditional love. There is no if-then Uh, It is the most sacrificial form of love. It is a love that God gives us through Jesus, a love that wraps around our life, but is continually a process that we work at both receiving and giving. And so every day continuously as we are walking um, in our journey with Christ, we are learning um, this continual work is being done in us on how to love on how to receive love and how to give love and it is a love that never has an if then attached to it this word for love agape it is used over a hundred times in the new testament and multiple times throughout this particular um, chapter first john 4 
anytime we see a word that's used more than once in a passage it's a good signal that we need to actually pull our chairs up and lean into it because there is definitely something um, very profound and powerful that God is trying to reveal to us through um, this particular word John tells us that God's love is what changes our lives but we can't give something away we don't have right and this is where many followers of Jesus get tripped up. We want to love like God does, but it feels so hard. And as I was pondering that and thinking about that, I was um, taken back to a message that Bishop T.D. Jakes preached some time back, which was entitled, Love Has No Loopholes. I'm telling you, it is an awesome message. If you have the time, take a minute, go listen. It is so profound, um, the way that he breaks down this whole um no uh, love has no loopholes and it kind of coincides with what we're saying today that uh, this agape love that we're speaking of is a love that never has an if then attached to it um in this particular message bishop jakes is uh trying to bring home a few takeaways uh, concerning the loopholes that we place in the love that we extend to others and so he kind of uh, brings them to this point of this conversation that Jesus is having when he is asked a question by um, one of the uh, uh, lawyers so to speak of the time he's asked a, a question by uh, this man um, who is a considered to be a, a legal uh, a legal uh, person, so to speak. He's, 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 he's literally a lawyer. So he's an expert in the Mosaic law. And so um, that passage uh, kind of starts with, um, it says, in, and I'm kind of pulling this from the Amplified version, it says, and a certain lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, stood up to test him saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, what is written in the law? So he kind of, the man asks a question and Jesus responds with the question. He says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the man replies and he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says to him, you've answered correctly. Do this habitually and you will live so he's telling him okay you've read what it says if you just do that then you'll live and I've often told um, shared this with people as I minister to them this is actually one of the greatest commandments the disciples um, and, and if you'll, you'll read a little further in this particular um, law that is given that this has been uh, Jesus has spoke this to his disciples as one of the greatest commandments they had asked the question so which of these is the greatest commandments um, teacher or master and he says to them um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and I've often said this to people that you know if we could come to the place where we look at this one moment that Jesus speaks these words and if we align our lives up with exactly what, what that says then everything else falls into place you know if we can love God with all our heart love him with all our soul love him with all our strength and all our mind and then love our neighbors as ourselves then everything in our lives will line up accordingly and we'll find ourselves walking out um, what 
what God intends for us in this earth realm. Um, and then it goes on to say, but he wishing to justify and vindicate himself as Jesus. And who is my neighbor? You know, so he got, Jesus tells him, you know, that this is what you need to do. He asked the question. Jesus responds with a question. And then Jesus tells him, okay, so you've pretty much answered your own question. If you just do what that says, then you will live. And so then he tries to come with this sort of um, almost sarcasm, sarcastic question where he says, and so who is my neighbor, you know, because yeah, we need to like know who our neighbor is, right? Because I really can't love them people or those people that live next door to me, or I, I, you know, I really can't love um, those people who are just on the corner down the street from my house because, you know, one time we had this one run in. And so, yeah, I'm still holding that grudge or I can't love um, my my sister or my brother because, you know, there was that one time where we had that falling out and, um, you know, and she still won't apologize to me or tell me she's sorry. So I, I don't know if I can really walk that love thing out with her or I can't love that parent who um, walked away from me has not been in my life, you know, because I just don't know if I can get past that root of bitterness that has uh, dug its way into my life, my life, and I don't know if I'm capable of loving them because they did such and such to me. And so this um, this lawyer is asking, so who is my neighbor? And then Jesus, with his cool, calm, and collected self, he doesn't even actually answer the question. Jesus responds with this parable which is the parable of the good samaritan he replies and he says a man was going down from jerusalem to jericho and he encountered robbers who stripped him of his clothes and belongings beat him and went their way unconcerned leaving him half dead now by coincidence a priest was going down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a levite also came down to the place and saw him and passed by on the other side of the road. Now these have, this is two people, a priest and a Levite. Those people that you thought would be the ones to help you when you are at your lowest, when you are in your most darkest place. How many times have you been in life where you have been at one of your low points? I'm talking about at your lowest point. And the people that you thought would show up to help you did not. The people that you thought would be the ones to, to have your back, your rider dies. And 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 in and here you are in this moment, here you are in this this low point in your life, and they are the ones that walk away and don't help you. The ones who look at you uh, um struggling, see you, you know, um, um hurting, see you in pain, see you down in your low point, see you uh uh, uh I mean I'm I'm talking about bleeding and 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 injured and wounded and they won't even help you how many times have you had moments where those you thought would show up for you did not show up for you and then it goes on to say he says but a samaritan a foreigner who was traveling came upon him and when he saw him he was deeply moved with compassion for him and went to him and bandaged up his wounds pouring oil and wine on them to soothe and disinfect the injuries and he put him on his own pack animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him now interesting right because here we are first of all uh the man was going down from jerusalem to jericho and now we see a samaritan who is helping 
a, a, a Jew because if he's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho this tells me that he had to be a Jew right and so now you see this Samaritan who the Jews did not even mingle with like I don't know if many of you know the story of the woman at the well but that's a conversation that Jesus and her had at the well because she literally tells Jesus in that moment where they are conversing that uh you know my people don't even you know mingle with you you know our people don't we don't get down with each other we don't even uh we're not even supposed to be talking to each other much less you know me giving you a drink or you giving me a drink you know we we, we really don't mingle in the same circle and so Jews and Samaritans did not uh, uh, interlink, intertwine with each other. They did not hang out with each other. They, 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 they had certain thoughts about one another. And so they were kind of like um, um, the, the Bloods and the Crips. They didn't, you know, they didn't even hang out in the same neighborhood. We don't, we don't, we just don't get down with each other. And so here you see in this moment, the person that you least expect is the person who shows up to show you some love, show you some compassion and reach down and pick you up in that low place, pick you up out of that dark place. And they are the ones who help you. How many times in your life have you seen love come from those that you least expect those that you thought would pass you by those that you thought would not turn around and help you those that you thought would be the ones who did not reach down and give you a hand end up being the ones the very ones who actually show you that love and that compassion uh, uh, and the ones that you thought would be there or not He's telling him in this moment, he's showing him in this moment, it's kind of an oxymoron that he's presenting here. Um, um, he, he is showing him in this moment that, you, that, that love has no loopholes. Love is not necessarily predicated on uh, by ethnicity. It's not predicated on uh, us having the same type of politics. It's not predicated on, on us being uh, uh, family members or having the same bloodline love has no loopholes love has no if then love is unconditional the agape love that god wants us to extend to one another is unconditional it it, it should not be i'll love you if i'll love you when or i'll love you um, um if you do this or if you don't do that i'm gonna love you love should not have a if then in it the love that christ extends to us we get love from god we, get, we receive love from christ when we really don't even deserve it none of us deserves his love none of us deserve the love that god has for us the love where he allowed his only son to take our place on the crop on the cross and die for our sins we don't deserve that but god loves with an agape love he loves with an unconditional love and in this moment when when we walk into this 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 uh, uh, this journey with Christ and we receive him and his spirit now resides in us the love that he has is the love that we should have and we should not be loving from a place of condition or a place of 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 if then right and then it goes on to say on the next day he took out two denarii two days wages and gave them to the innkeeper and said take care of him and whatever more you spend I will repay you when I return and Jesus asked this question to the Lord he says which of these three do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers 
and the lawyer answers him he says the one who showed compassion and mercy to him then Jesus said to him go and constantly do the same so it is it is not because you are the person who lives next door to me or because you're my my uh, blood sister blood brother or because it's love has no conditions and we should be loving with the love of Christ it is not a if then type of love that God extends to us it is agape love and agape love is an unconditional love it is sacrificial a sacrificial form of love a love that God gives us through Jesus John tells us God's love is what changes our lives but we can't give something away that we don't have God's love gives us boundaries of grace and forgiveness boundaries show us where we end and where something else begins and we need to come to the end of ourselves to find God's grace and forgiveness but receiving grace and forgiveness is one thing extending it it is another sometimes the greatest way someone can feel the love of God through us is in the form of grace and forgiveness and this way to love isn't just a suggestion from God it's actually a command that we find at the end of, a, of this passage in 1 John 4. In 1 John 4 and 21, it says, And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Agape love is laying down our humanly if-then conditions, our loopholes, and picking up the holiest version. If God loved me so much then that is enough to cover everything in my life when we're filled with agape love we can walk into a room that's filled with hate we can walk into a room that's filled with division and hurt and shift the emotional atmosphere because agape love gives us strength to be able to look at someone the way God looks at them and agape love will be how the world will look at us and think there's something different about that person. Something others will want so much. It is the love that God had for us. In Romans, the 13th chapter, verse 8, it says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. These familiar lyrics from a popular song composed by Burt Bacharach, and I hope I'm saying that name right, over 50 years ago, expressed a true our world still desperately needs. We need love. We need love. What kind of love is Paul talking about here? We often speak of love as a feeling, an emotional response, but Paul is speaking of biblical love, which is so much more. And the scripture in 1 John 4 tells us that God is love. It is who God is. Scripture teaches us that we are created in God's image. 
So if God is love and he created us in his image, then God embedded love into our souls. It is a part of who we are. But God did more. Knowing that we cannot manufacture his love in and of ourselves, he poured out his love in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus sent his spirit to dwell in our hearts and empower us to be living vessels of his love. Who are we to love? Paul answers that also. He says, love one another, repeating Jesus' command. Jesus spoke in, in John 13 and 34, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And who is included in this one another command? We find that in the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus speaks of loving our neighbor. Not our neighbor by street address or geographical region, but anyone around us who needs to know and experience the love of Jesus. Beloved, love is the very essence of Jesus. So when we love, we display Jesus to the world. And let's let our heart's desire be to pour his love through us out into our broken and hurting world. How can we do this? By forgiving someone who has wronged us. By taking the time to initiate a conversation with a person that we might normally try to avoid. By offering a compliment to someone who serves us today and someone um, that we can call them by their name. I remember several months back for my birthday, we went out and um, the young lady who was our server, I still remember her name today was Jules. And she was awesome. She went above and beyond. She became such a part of, of our party that evening that when it was over, um, she, she became our photographer and, and it led me to want to conversate with her. It led me to want to show her some appreciation and some gratitude. We even took a picture with her. And we all tried to leave her our best tip because she was absolutely awesome and we wanted her to know that she was absolutely awesome. We can extend patience and kindness to someone who needs it. We can make an effort to see a confrontation through the, the eyes of the other person. How often do we have confrontations or arguments or, or, or situations or circumstances where we become upset and angry at someone and we don't want to stop for a minute just to see their point, to see um, the situation from their shoes, to, to take a minute and stop and do a self-reflection of maybe, just maybe, I have a part in this as well. We can send a friend a text simply to let them know how much we love and appreciate them. I do it all the time. I, I'm thinking of one, a friend or a loved one and I, I just open up my phone and send a text and say, hey, you were on my mind. I was just thinking about you. Just wanted you to know that I love you and I appreciate you. I'm praying for God to use us to shine his love and make a difference where we are today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your love, Lord God. God, we know that our hearts are naturally selfish, God, and that uh, uh, we have been changed only by your grace and your love, God. 
And so we ask you to open our eyes, oh God, open our eyes to someone who needs to experience your love and give us the courage to act. Give us the courage to speak a word of encouragement, to forgive, to be patient, to love an unlovable one. And Father, we know through your love and your power that we can do all things. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you and say, Amen. Grace and peace. Thank you for listening. To connect with Sin for the Women or SFW Ministries, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or you can visit us on our website at www.sinforthewomenministries.org. Join us again tomorrow. Grace and peace to all of you.